Welcome to the Well Community Jokes. Last week we kicked off a new series, Innovate, uncovering your God-given potential. And this is such an important issue to lean into as we enter fall. Because as we enter this new season of fall, we're entering into a new season of life and into a new season of ministry. And we are being challenged now more than ever to rethink, redevelop, and revamp how we make Jesus known. March 14th, 2020, with our scheduled vision night, that has gone out, and there is a new vision that is emerging within our church community and with what God is doing in light of this past year and a half that we have been navigating. And I'm excited for the possibilities that this holds. I'm excited to see and to hear what God is doing in your life. And I'm excited to see how or what he wants to uncover to help you reach your God-given potential as we innovate, as we create, and as we seek to make Jesus known in new ways. So last week we talked about uncovering our God-given potential because we have been created by a creative God to create. And that is all of us, including you. Even if you don't think you're the creative type, you are. It's just, it's part of you. It's part of how you were made. It's part of your DNA. And it might look different than how we classify the creative types or what we might even consider creative. But I believe all of us, every single one of us, are created to be creative in our own way. It could be with a pen and paper, with a paintbrush, with music, with spreadsheets, the way you tell a story, numbers, the way you express yourself, photography, plumbing, teaching, dirt. Yes, I said dirt. In 2009, I remember going to the Vancouver Art Gallery and one of the exhibits was just this big pile of dirt. And I thought, how on earth did that get in the Vancouver Art Gallery? But the question we left off with last week was what is it that's sitting in front of you waiting to be brought into existence? What is God stirring within you? What is he revealing in you that's waiting to be brought into existence? But as I began preparing my message for this week, and I was getting ready to tackle the, the question and the kind of the, the how-to, how we can uncover our God-given potential and bring whatever it is before us into existence, I really began wrestling with it. And I... I felt like I was skipping a step. I kept leaning into, okay, how can we do this? And, and I was wanting to get into the nitty gritty so quickly, but God kept nudging me saying, Kevin, not yet. And I'm like, but God, I'm starting this series and I'm wanting to innovate and be creative and challenge people to step into it. And he's saying, no, not yet. And I think most of us, struggle with this tension. We want to know what we have to do so we can just get on with it, so we can get her done. 
But tonight, I want to share with you how God spoke to me and what he revealed to me as I continued to put this series together. Because it took a bit of an unexpected twist for me, but oh, was it good. You see, this past Tuesday morning was our 7.30 a.m. prayer meeting, which we hold bi-weekly, and it's led by Rona Newdorf. And the verse she opened up with was Ephesians 3.20, which says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus, throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Did you catch that? There was something that jumped out with me that Tuesday morning, and it was to him, to him who is able to do immeasurably more, according to his power that's at work within us, to him be the glory. In other words, before we race on ahead and start doing we need to take a moment and make sure we're grounded in Him, in God, in Jesus. Are you connected to the source of life? Are you connected to your Creator? Are you connected to Jesus? Because if we don't ground ourselves in Jesus, then even our very best efforts are going to fall short. They'll simply be done in our own strength, in our own energy. And I'm not sure how that resonates with you, but oh, that's humbling for me. Because I want to think I, I can do this on my own. But God's saying, no, 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 no. This isn't about what you can create or what you can innovate. This is about what I'm doing. You see, on the flip side, here's what I love about it. It's in Jesus that we become the very best version of ourselves possible. It's in Jesus and it's him who tells us who we truly are and connects us to our Heavenly Father. It's Jesus who bridges the gap between God and us and allows us to be in this relationship. It's Jesus who is God incarnate and who we look to and follow as co-creators and image bearers of God. Do you want to become more fully yourself? Spend time in the presence of Jesus. Read scripture, the Bible, to encounter Jesus and to learn how to follow him better. Another verse from Ephesians that jumped out to me this week is Ephesians 2.10, for we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Again, when I read that, my mind immediately wanted to go to the good works. Okay, so what are, the, what are the good works that I need to do, that I need to get done, that I can add to my to-do list? But God just kept reminding me, Kevin, slow down. Take notice what this says. Because again, I'm not asking you to come up with this on your own. He's saying, I'm asking you to join me and what I've started, what I've initiated, what I have created. It says, just like we saw in Genesis last week, that we are God's workmanship. Or some other translations say masterpiece. We 
are God's creation. And we need to remember the order of that. It's so important to remember that we are not self-created beings. And I believe many people today don't believe, or certainly don't want to believe, that there's much wrong with them. Like, as a result, they don't really see the need for God's grace. It's kind of like, hey, we're all good, right? Like, why do I need God? Maybe it's a little bit of a spiritual en enhancement. People believe that for the most part, that they don't really need Jesus. They've become numb to the good news of Jesus. And aside from Jesus possibly helping them get out of a tough spot in life, they feel, I can basically get on fine without him. But it's for this reason, though, that we need to be reminded that we are God's creation. We are his masterpiece. And what I love is getting into some of the original languages because there's more going on in the text than meets our eye. You see, the Greek word that's used here for you are God's creation is poema. It's the same word we get our word poem from. So another way of putting it is that you are God's poema. You are God's poem, meaning he is the poet and you are his poetry. You are the image of God. You are the reflection of him. And do you see how this ties in with the creation account in Genesis? It's this overflow and this loving expression of God that we are created in his image. But then sometimes I think we start taking it upon ourselves to think we are God. But God's reminding us, saying, I'm the poet, you are the poem. It's beautiful when you look at it this way. A few years ago, we did a parenting series at The Well called Let's Talk Parenting. And I remember talking about how our kids are an expression of our love. Well, taking that further, we are an expression of God's love. We are what happens when God, the master poet, expresses himself. Emily P. Freeman writes, We are walking poetry, the kind that moves, the kind who has hands and feet, the kind with mind and will and emotion. So if we're God's poem, then what's the job of a poem? What are we to do with that? Well, it says that God has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he has planned for us long ago. Which brings us back to the immediate struggle of what things? Tell me what to do. Well, it says that we are created in Jesus on purpose. You are not an accident. God does not make accidents. You were designed with a purpose. You have been made in the image of God, and you have a job to do. But the job isn't what you might think it is. It's not a specific task or skill or talent or ability that you possess. And sure, we'll get into some of that in the following weeks as we look at how to uncover our God-given potential. But I was reminded this week that it's the job that we're called to do, 
the good works that we are called to do is not the kind of work that comes from the outside. Think about it this way. When a poet writes a poem, it's not scientifically or even grammatically precise. Instead, it's creative and expressive and it reveals an inner desire. Ephesians 2.10 essentially says, you are a poem written inside the person of Jesus Christ. You exist to carry out his inner desire. This is your good work. So our job is to carry out the inner desire of Christ. And what's the inner desire of Christ? It's to bring glory to the Father. The type of good work that you have been created for is to bring glory to the Father. So with that, you can relax, take a breath, enjoy this moment. Don't stress over what you think you should be doing. Rather than asking, what do I need to do or create? The question simply becomes, am I bringing glory to the Father, our Creator? So the question that we have before us isn't, what do I need to do? It's, how do I bring glory to the Father? I remember as a young adult, as you're starting out in life and careers and families and so many of us would wrestle with the question of like, oh, like I have multiple job offers. Which one does God want me to take? And I believe that God says, which one would bring me glory? Which one would allow you to, to point people to me, to express yourself, to glorify me in all that you do? The good news about this is that there's no one way to do the job of glorifying God. Instead, there are many, many, many ways that Jesus transforms us from the inside out and it spills out of us and into the world. Knowing that you're God's poem doesn't mean you're suddenly artsy. <laughs> it releases you to be you and to bring glory to God right where you are. And we are all in different seasons of life. Some of you might be starting out and wondering, what does God want for me? Some of you might be on the other end and you're retiring and you're moving into this new season of life. But are you bringing glory to the Father? That's the question that Jesus has kept challenging me with this week. As I kept leaning into, okay, let's innovate, let's get creative, let's do stuff. He said, Kevin, the point isn't what you're doing. The point is that you're glorifying me. So what does it mean to bring glory to God? Well, bringing glory to him simply means praising and worshiping him with the way that we live. Paul writes to the Corinthians saying, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. And similarly, Paul writes to the Romans saying, take your everyday ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work and walking around life and place it before God as an offering. We can see from the text that anything we do can become an offering of praise to Jesus. 
Whether you're teaching a class, crunching numbers at work, dealing with customers, folding laundry, speaking to a neighbor, interacting with the cashier at the grocery store, painting a picture, making a recipe, fixing someone's toilet. It doesn't matter what it is. What matters is how we do it and what our attitude is. Are you aware of Jesus all throughout your day? That he is the one through whom we live, move, and have our being? You may feel like the work you do isn't significant enough to be called worship or to qualify as bringing glory to God, but that's not the case. When Jesus met the woman at the well in John chapter 4, he says to her, A time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in the Spirit and in truth, for they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. Jesus assures her that the time has come where it doesn't matter where you worship, but that you worship in spirit and in truth. God doesn't just want you to worship on a Saturday night with the Well Community Church for one hour a week. God's desire is that your life is a life of worship, glorifying him every hour of your day in everything that you do. Do you see it? He cares about your heart, the way in which you live in this world and carry yourself. He cares about your character and the way you treat others. He delights in you because he has created you. You are his masterpiece. I'm so thankful for this reminder this week because I often wrestle with this temptation and struggle that I have to have it all figured out, that I have to be the one coming up with fresh ideas and new ways of doing things. It's like, Kev, sit back, relax. You are my masterpiece. You are my inner expression. You are there to simply bring glory to my name. Take the pressure off yourself. Our worship is not something to check off a list. It's simply our response to Jesus. It's a way to express our love back to him. So tonight's message is a bit of a bridge between discovering who we are in God and the innovation that he wants us to discover as co-creators. Tonight's message, and all scripture really, is an invitation to trust. To trust your creator, to trust that he created your innermost being and knit you together in your mother's womb. To trust that he has a purpose for you and to trust that he knew what he was doing when he made you as you are. Do you trust him? Have you surrendered your life to Jesus? Jesus shows us what it means to be fully alive, how to live on this earth as we are designed to live, a life of complete dependence on the Father. But the best part is that Jesus doesn't just simply show us how to live, 
The best part is that he sent his spirit to live within us, to empower you to be fully alive yourself. So friends, as we continue to lean into our series of Innovate and we uncover our God-given potential, please remember that the meaning of your life is not dependent upon what you make of it. What matters is what God is making of you. Your job is to reveal the glory of God in all that you are. You are God's masterpiece. Heavenly Father, I needed this message tonight. I needed this reminder to let go of the pressure I put on myself to come up with fresh ideas and creative expressions and let you be God. God, thank you for creating me and each one of us in your image and as your masterpiece. I pray that tonight we live in to who you've created us to be, where we are and as we are. And I pray that as we take the pressure off ourselves, that we'll be reminded of the awesomeness of your invitation to co-create with you, to participate in the ongoing renewal, redemption, reconciliation, and restoration of this world. But God, it's not dependent upon us. We are here to bring glory to your name. So tonight, Lord, as we continue to sit with this question of what is it that's in front of us waiting to be brought into existence, I pray that you will help us realize that whatever it is, that's not what's important. What's important is that we bring you glory. We ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen.